0: I'm <laughs> not
1: Today, we are talking about project management. Welcome to FinSuite Live. I'm joined today with Harshit. Harshit is one of the top performing Webflow developers at FinSuite. And we are going to be answering the question What are your best project management tips for Webflow projects? We asked this question in our Webflow Developers chat in the FinSuite Slack. We got a whole bunch of answers and we took the most popular answers the most common themes and we're going to go through each one of those quotes in this show harshit how you doing welcome thank you joe Uh, i'm doing really well how are you really really well i'm excited to talk project management it's it's one of those topics that is really important but people don't really talk about it a lot it's not the most sexy part of what we do the design and the actual development is what people love to talk about but project management's important right you know this
0: yeah it's very important uh, as we grow we have to make our process efficient that allows us to take more project and and eventually make more money yeah and make so our clients really
1: happy right and make our clients you like, can yeah you can have a really well developed website a, a well designed website But if at the end of that project the client comes and says well there was really bad communication or this is not what i expected or this is not what i wanted this can really ruin a good project so project management it's nothing to just push off to the side and think it's just part of your design and development process and we're talking to people who do this Harshit does this he does it by himself in certain projects And also he works with dedicated project managers. We have people at FinSuite that just project manage and Harshit's been in projects of all different sizes. So I I like to think he's very experienced with different types of project management. Is that accurate Harshit?
0: Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. 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 We, We have a great amount of experience in this field and, uh, A lot of developers in our team have shared their responses as well. So it's going to be Mm -hmm. very valuable for everyone today.
1: Totally, great. So let's get into announcements before we continue with the show content. First announcement, Social Share is going to launch next Tuesday. It works really well, everything is great. This is an attribute solution that was voted on at one of the pro meetings and we're ready to launch it next Tuesday. So watch out for that. We'll definitely announce it at the next Tuesday show. Next, we're adding a Friday show. So we are now going to three days a week, and we're going to have very specific types of topics that we cover each of the days. Tuesday is going to be FinSuite Day. Thursday is going to be Community Day. And now Friday is going to be Build Day. And in Build Day, we're going to work with JavaScript developers, Webflow developers, designers, and we're going to sit down and really build things live. We've had some live builds in the past. Harshit has been part of some of those live builds, and they are some of our most popular videos. So we're going to give you more of those, and that's coming Friday. Now, here's the cool part. It's a different time. Tuesday and Thursday is going to remain at the normal time slot. It's going to be 11, 12 Eastern. And then on Friday, the build day is now going to be 9 Eastern. So a little bit early for you West Coast US people, but for a lot of the other people throughout the world, this is maybe a more convenient time. So we're going to try it out. 9 a.m. Eastern. Every Friday, we are doing build day. Very cool. And this first Friday, we're going to sit down with Alex Iglesias, the CTO of FinSuite and talk about the tools that we use for technical development. We do a lot of technical projects, we use JavaScript, and we have a lot of specialized tools we use together with Webflow. So we're sharing all of that stuff and we'll build something cool with the technical side on Friday. And last announcement, is to accommodate now these three different days, FinSuite Day, Community Day, and Build Day, we are now going to launch a new Twitter that is just for communicating live shows. We don't want the primary FinSuite Twitter to just be live show, live show, live show. We want to have some variety there. So maybe we get a retweet from the primary channel, but the FinSuite live channel is where you will be able to Follow and get updates for Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. So we'll share that in the chat. The handle for that is FinSuite Live uh, and we will be continuing to grow that. That's going to be a great chan- uh, a great Twitter to follow if you like our live stuff. Cool, that's it for announcements. Now let's get into the show content. Project management. The three keys. This episode is going to cover these three keys. And we separated the quotes from the FinSuite team into these three categories communication, expectations, and honesty. And with these three keys, we can really lead ourselves to a, pro- a positive project management experience. So, Harshit, give me a little overview of, of these three topics here, these three keys to successful project management.
0: So, uh, in these three topics, I think these are, as you said, these are key points when it comes to client experience as well, as well as project management, when it comes to communication, uh, it, it contain all of the things when you are community, where you are actually learning about the project how you are learning about the you know what they really need what your client really wants how you are taking notes of those things how it basically contains elements uh, in which you are trying to understand the project how better you can do that this part contains uh, the whole process of communication yeah the second thing is expectation and expectation we are actually uh, trying to uh, talk about the expectation that client is having when it comes to project delivery and uh, when it comes to what we can do for them. When we are talking with them about the scope of work, what are their expectations? So we are going to talk about that. And the third is honesty. This is how honest you are when you are talking with your client, when you are not only with client, but also you have to, a lot of times you have to collaborate with your teammates, how honest you are with them as well. That also matters a lot. Uh, In a team environment, you really have to uh, keep this important point with you. So we are going to just talk about these three points in detail. And we are also going to collect, we have collected a lot of uh, feedback from our team as well. They have shared their tips and we are going to just share all of that with you.
1: And we created these categories based on their answers. We didn't come with these categories and tell everybody you should fitted into these categories. We looked at all the comments, chose the most popular and found that these were the three recurring themes for what everybody was saying about project management. Cool. I forget to do this all the time. And I'm going to jump back and do it. Let's say hi to everybody's here. We have 66 watching now. Thank you very much for being here. Really appreciate it. And we have some great hellos. We have everybody coming up coming every week absolutely love seeing you here thanks for for coming we have john saxton hey john matias mika dixon penny jonathan robert Tonette, maggie oh zach bujasia with the rename community commenting legend if you want to know more about zach watch our episode last thursday really great story great person and i love the new rename Raul, Peter, Sean, Brandon, Casey, Jay Poucher, what's up? Kai, David, hello, hello, Bra Trippin, John. Great, thank you everybody for being here uh, and everybody who is about to experience this content. So let's get into it. Let's jump in to the first quote. Oh, before we jump in, one more thing. Some of these may sound a little basic and obvious, uh, they may seem like baseline type. How do I say this? We're covering the basics. Some of these are are things you may not have heard before, but others are the basics of project management. And I believe that when you continue to look at the basics and think of the basics as an advanced user, you really get a different understanding of it. So, some of these are repeats and there's a reason for that because people continue to say these same things. So, let's do it. First, from Jesse, communicate clearly and frequently, maintain the client's expectations for communication throughout the project. I like this one because it says frequently. It's so easy to not not communicate frequently during that this process so maybe you get lost in the design work or you get lost in the development work and you don't send that client a message for one or two weeks this is so important uh harsh talk about this clear and frequent
0: Yeah. clear and frequent communication uh so if i talk about the, there are actually many aspects of it so When we are taking the project as well, it also matters there. And when we are working on the project after the conversion, it also matters there a lot. Communication, clear communication. So uh, first I will talk about when we are talking with the client before the conversion. And uh, then I'm going to jump into the project part. So when we are communicating with the client before taking the projects, we must clarify all the we must clarify all the points basically that uh, uh you know sorry let's so, you know what you let's continue let's, con-
1: yeah. let's continue going through these and we'll do shorter answers mm-hmm. because we have a lot of quotes yeah. to go through so let's jump in here okay at the start of the project clearly talk through your role and the role of the other people on your team who should the client reach out to and for what and what should they expect from each person? Is the same person that sold them in the sales process going to be the one that they speak to about deliveries? At FinSuite, we have someone different selling them, someone different managing the project and someone different developing. So it's really important that we say for this kind of topic, talk to this person. For billing, send, send it to this person. For whatever. Know the different roles of who's in there. And even if even if you're a freelancer working one-on-one with a client, know what the roles are. Who is supposed to do what? This is communication. Let's go to this next one. Now, Harshit, talk about this one. Don't expect a client to remember everything you have discussed with them. Keep as much confirmed things in writing as possible, even after calls to make sure to summarize in writing. Talk about this, this verbal communication versus written communication. And where's the benefit when you write it down?
0: Uh, Definitely. This is uh, actually one of the most important things uh, I really think. So uh, when Alex is talking about meeting the clients, having meetings, when we are having meetings with them, they will speak a lot of things that we will eventually forget. Let's say we are meeting to talk about design or maybe maybe we are waiting to talk about uh, some functionality right there will be a point where if if you don't write it you will forget it and after some time you will have to you know like answer your client okay i completely forget it and you don't have the enough time then to complete it so you should really take notes of it you can use tools like notion for this or if you have if you want to use coda you can use that you really should take notes when meeting clients have as many things as possible in written. what i personally do i learned this from jay who is like one of the best project managers uh, i keep this sticky notes with me and i have a notebook with me so i what i just do is i write the project name I stick it on the notebook for that particular project for example i'm working on project x i will just write here project x stick there and i will leave three to four pages for that particular project. Whenever we are on a meeting, I'm going to write down all the important points. I also saw Maggie doing this, so it was completely worth it and really helpful. We don't really miss a single bit when delivering to the client, even smaller things. If, even if they're saying that, hey, we want to increase the space between this button, uh, this button, just write it down. It's going to help you out a lot.
1: And that is effective communication because when you communicate, both people have to have the same message, that's successful communication. When person A and person B, they're thinking the same thing. So writing it down and then also sharing that writing with the client and confirming that this is what they meant. It's like a double lock in to that clear communication. You have it verbally agreed, you have it written agreed. Also, if the client decides to change that answer later and say, no, I didn't say that I didn't do this. You can go back to the writing and say, well, you actually did. And four weeks ago, you confirmed this and I worked based on this. And this happens, unfortunately, especially with longer projects, clients will forget what they said four months ago on the phone. So this writing down, the verbal plus writing, really valuable. Let's go to the next one here. When a client company includes several people you communicate with specifically ask who's going to be responsible for approving your work, make sure to always reach to this person for deliverables. This is very similar to Jesse's about roles, making sure you understand who's in each role. This may, this is less important for you as you're a smaller company, but as you grow, as you start to add more people to your team or you're working with a bigger team or a bigger client, you have to start thinking about roles. Who does what? Who communicates with who? Where are the deliverables going? Harshit, you're working on, what's, what's the biggest project you're working on right now or that you have worked on recently with the amount of people in the project?
0: Uh, I think generally in big projects, we can expect around five people we have to communicate with. I have recently worked with projects like Forma. They are a really nice company, well-managed, but we really have to take care of, you know, we really have to understand what are the roles of each people in the team because as we are also working in a team, we have different roles. Same goes for the client as well. And it's it's hard for them, you know, if we want, let's say, only one person to be in front of us providing all the details, it will not be possible because, someone is having design expertise, someone is having something else, uh, someone is managing marketing and all. So it's, it's also hard for them to keep one person as their representative. So we really have to take care of that. And the best way is to clarify it in the very first meeting. When you are meeting, introduce yourself, introduce roles, and they will do the same. That's the best way on the kick kick-off call do that. And then this will reduce the clutter when you are communicating with them on Slack or on emails because you know the right person you want to contact to. So yeah, it's it's important in terms of, I think, making the whole communication process more efficient. If you don't know the right person, you are going to type them and then they are going to refer your message to someone else and it's going to make the process longer.
1: Clear communication. Speaking... Yeah with a middle person is usually never clear, right? It just hmm. it just doesn't happen when someone's in the middle of that. So yeah, this is just so important as projects get bigger. Let's go to one from Magdalena, one of the dedicated project managers at FinSuite. And fun fact about Magdalena, she started working as a project manager at FinSuite without any knowledge of the industry, or I should say, very little knowledge of the industry. She wasn't; she's not a webflow developer. She doesn't have project management experience, and she has grown to a highly efficient and effective project manager at FinSuite. Congratulations, Magdalena! Hoping to have her on live soon, but this one's from her. Communicate throughout the project, make notes, and share them with the client. Really similar to these other things, written notes and sharing those notes with the client. I like to think of you have a call with a client and then you outline the most important pieces of that call in an email, bulleted list and say, hey, based on our call these are the points, please confirm. Do you do things like this, Harshit?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. As I mentioned, I I always have a notebook with me. I learned this from Jay and I also have seen Maggie doing this. It's completely, uh, really worth it. It's completely worth it, yeah. And, uh, you know, what we have done in our projects as well, we have created a Notion page for all the projects, and there is a page that we share with client. So that contains all the tasks that is maybe common between us, or maybe we are just writing down the task that we are going to work on next so that client can also see it, what we are working on. So it's completely worth it and helpful, definitely, Maggie.
1: And that's a great opportunity to bring up a comment from John Matias. John, I'm super curious on what note taking tools you use and why you choose them. We've been using Microsoft OneNote for years, but keep looking at Notion as a possible upgrade. Well, John, we use Notion. We used to use ClickUp and we did not like ClickUp. ClickUp had a little bit too many features, it had too many UI elements. And we found that more than half the team did not like using ClickUp, which is a huge problem. So we wanted to simplify and we went with Notion. And Notion has seemed to be a very good tool for us in managing projects, managing timelines. Uh, Like Harshit said, we can share a page inside Notion just for that client with deliverables on both sides. So yeah, I'd have to give a green check to Notion. Harshit, do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, definitely. Notion for sharing some notes with client. And uh, if you want to take feedback on specific projects, then you can use tools like markup, where it's actually very easy for them to share feedback with you. Generally, when they share it on channel or email, it's very hard because they will take screenshots, they will mark certain things down and then share the feedback. So it's actually harder for them as well. Just ask them to create a markup account share them the website link they will be able to write down comments right on the website so for i think for comments and taking feedback markup is a good platform and for a uh, note sharing a notion is the best i think
1: yeah and that goes that that markup io comment that goes right in line with magdalena's statement here communicate through the project make notes these are notes and share them with the client and that I think Mm. that goes both ways. The client shares notes with us. We share notes with the client. And this is just a different modern way to make notes. So really cool. I like that one. Uh, Lucas has a great question, but we're not going to bring it up right this second. Can't wait to get to it though. Last one on the communication category from Aditya. Always have a point of contact and have documented communication over Loom, Slack, or email. I like how he says documented. I, it, it reminds me going back to before when I was talking about that phone call, and then the client says, I don't remember saying that, or I didn't say that. And you're not going to argue with them, but if it's documented, meaning you can retrieve it from some location, it wasn't just a conversation that disappeared. Now you. You don't have to be mean about it, but you can go back and say, hey, just to let you know, you did say this, and I spent 15 hours because of what you said here. So Loom, Slack, email, Harshit, how are you using these these types of tools?
0: Uh, Definitely. I'm going to cover Loom. That is uh, a lifesaver tool. When it comes to, I use Loom a lot to make tutorials for client. Uh, and again, it comes to when there are five to six people in a team, a lot of time in when we are working on the project, they hire new people as well in their team for work to work on the websites. And that is where uh, I think Loom is really, really helpful. What I have done previously with Forma as well, uh, we create a page basically in Notion. Again, Notion comes to the play. So we have a no- Notion page i am recording loom videos tutorials like how to use their cms how to uh, post content on their website and there's that tutorial is saved there for forever basically they can just go in they watch the tutorial when they have new people coming in they will not have to, they don't have to ask us again uh, like how to do this and teach this a new person in our team how to do this i can simply share that notion page with them and they will learn the whole thing that they need to know for their project so uh, yeah, that's a good news. Uh, that That's a good use of no, uh, Loom. Definitely.
1: Loom is such an important tool for what you just described. And we're actually having an episode about this next week. I think it's next week, Victoria, please correct me in the comments if it's the week after, but we have a show FinSuite day to talk about how we use Loom and how important it is to manage the project, communicate, educate, uh, whatever, You have to do visually for the client. Doing Mm -hmm. it in Loom is usually a good move. So yeah, I love this one. We'll be talking more about that soon. And now let's jump into comments Mm -hmm. before we get to the next section here. I really want to bring this one up from Lucas. Lucas Machado says, how do you manage to be online on Slack and manage to not have to instantly reply to clients when they see you online when they message? Do you set Slack as a way? default or just educate them. So Lucas has this feeling that you get a message and you have to reply. You don't have to do this. You really, really, really don't. If you set an expectation that you will reply fast, then the client will expect that you reply fast. And the next section is actually expectations. And we'll be talking more about this, but Lucas, there should be no expectation that you answer within a certain period of time, including instantly. Hmm. You can, if you answer instantly, every time, every message that comes in, you're answering right away. When you don't answer right away, the client will come back and say, whoa, what happened, where are you, you, you always respond within 15 minutes you're online and now you're not responding in 15 minutes because you've created that expectation from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You should be giving more delayed responses, not, not keep somebody waiting, but don't answer in five minutes, answer in an hour, or maybe respond back in an hour and say, Hey, I'm going to answer this in full tomorrow and do that from the very beginning. And just, know that a lot of this may be in your head just this idea of i have to answer right away but i promise you you do not have to do that it's an unfair expectation from both sides harshit tell me about this do you get the same feeling and how do you how do you work with feeling
0: uh definitely as you said uh i i what what i think what you can do to avoid this is first thing when you are communicating please make sure that they are aware of your time zone that is number one make them aware of your time zone and your availability on that time zone so for me uh, for for myself for example i do meetings if someone wants to meet me i will generally meet them in between 6 p.m to 9 p.m that is when i meet my clients and then they know it because i have been following it from the beginning even if i am available like in three p.m., I will talk with them. But I'm going to meet them in the usual time. I have kept my my time to meet basically meet my clients. So this is, I think, ex- exactly the same as you said, Joe. We are. I am actually setting my expectation of the client. A, a lot of times, I will just say, hey, uh, to the to my client, hey, can you please book a call for tomorrow? And uh, they know when I'm going to be available to meet. And a lot of times they will write away book and I, I will not have any problem because they know my time right. They will book in that between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. So uh, it, it really helps a lot to set an expectation to the client. Yeah,
1: And be transparent about it. Just like you said, early in that project, tell them I work from these times to these times. You can expect responses within... T- 24 hours to 48 hours because then when you say 24 to 48 and then you answer in five hours, now you're really early. Now you're a superstar communicator because you said 24 to 48 and now you're answering in five, which is much less Mm. than the original expectation. So Lucas, nothing to worry about. I want you to try this next time you onboard a project, be clear with it and don't put that pressure on yourself to, to do that. All right, let's go through a couple more comments here. Uh, what do we have? Mika, thanks for sharing. I get positive feedback from clients about markup. Everything great. Good tool. Philip Trot, who set up your Notion workflow pages? I'm thinking of using Notion, but the setup looks too intimidating for me. Well, we set it up. We had a, a few people meet. Communicate on the best way to do it. And they went and did it. Start simple. That's how we did it. We, we just start with a database that just helps us do daily tasks. Then start to say, OK, now we're going to build this ticketing system in. Now we have a JavaScript ticketing system and a community design ticketing system. And you just keep adding to the, the workflow. But I would start small and start with looking at a template. You know play play with a fully built system so you understand what a fully built system is, understand how it works, and then take a step back, and build it for yourself. That's what I would would advise. There's a lot of tutorials on full built systems of Notion. Arshit, anything to add to that while I look for the next comment?
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that maybe we can make a video about that, you know, Notion and how we have organized this. It's going to be really helpful for everyone. Uh, I, I also think that, the complexity of Notion workspace really depends on what you are doing, you know, like three types of businesses that we discussed. Like for freelancer, the Notion will not look a lot complex, I would say. But if there is, you know, we have 50 people in the company, there are JavaScript developers, product building going on. For them, Notion looks completely different, right? So I think what you can do is, there are a bunch of good templates available in internet as well. So you can start from there. And as you will use notion more and more, you will configure it for yourself. You will edit it. You will, you know, uh, short it down for your own purpose. I think that's the best way. Just t- take a look at a template, copy it, start using it and make changes based on your needs.
1: I agree. That is, it's a great process to follow. Look at something else, rebuild for your needs. And Darren asks, any possibility of sharing a Notion template slash a look inside FinSuite setup? I like the idea of that. Rohan, if you're listening, let's get that together. Let's do that. I think we can share a template. I don't know what it will be exactly, but I I think we'll be able to share a template with you. Uh, Yeah, let's let's get Rohan on that. Okay. kai is asking a question uh, uh, yes
0: yes can you please bring that up joe uh,
1: so Which... kai is
0: asking what do you say when a client asks how many other projects are you working on so mm. uh, i will i will just tell them how many projects i'm working on i'm not i'm not going to hide it if i'm working on two i will tell them two and at the same time uh, especially when you are working on our base project on service agreements you should tell your exact time as well. Like for, for example, if a service agreement is for one week, tell them I'm going to give maximum of two hours to your project per day. So you should clarify that in the very beginning of the project. That is really important. Uh, yeah, I hope that answers your question, Kai.
1: I agree. You have to be transparent. Absolutely. If you try to lie about that, It just doesn't work well it i think people can pick up on lies sometimes and that that goes to our third section honesty which is so so crucial if you break that honesty it doesn't matter if you communicate really well and you do really well with expectations if you don't have the honesty or the client thinks you don't have the honesty everything is broken the whole project breaks you're not getting a referral you're not getting a a really happy client. So tell them, I also like to communicate that there will be no problem with your project. Even though I'm working on two other projects, this does not mean that your project is in second place or third place or an afterthought in my head. No, make it clear, I'm working on two other projects, your project is one of my top priorities along with the other projects. So that's really nice. A client knows that you're working on other things, but they want the feeling that you're only working on their project. That doesn't mean you tell them that, but it means that you work hard and you communicate and you follow expectations to the point where they kind of feel that. They feel that you're so dedicated to the project that you're not doing anything else. So give that feeling with hard work. Don't say that you're you're just doing it as your only project okay mm-hmm. hopefully yes that answers the and, question yes yeah
0: I I also want to add a, a small point here Joe that a lo- mm-hmm. lot, of, lot of times when we receive uh, leads from our website or any other platform uh, you you might find clients saying that you know they they comes come with their expectation of how the timeline will be so a lot of times I have received a request like, hey, Harshit, uh, I have this project and I have talked with other, so many developers, this can be done in like two weeks or one week. This can be done in one week. And technically it can be done in one week, but you really have to tell them that I this can be done in one week, but I'm not only working on this particular project. Tell them that you're working on two more projects. So quality is going to be top notch, but I'm going to take three weeks or four weeks to do this because I have other projects parallelly with me as well. So mm-hmm. it's not really connected to client experience. Client experience, it's, uh, if you are taking more time, it, it, it doesn't mean that you are hindering client experience. You can uh, make a good client experience with communication and process throughout, when the, yeah, throughout the project. So
1: And what you, what you don't want yeah. is a client to think that you are taking four weeks to build the two-week project. And that's the only thing you're doing. Right. If you have a Mm. two-week task and you take four weeks to do it and you don't explain why it's taking four weeks, the client thinks that you're just taking double the time to work on something that should take two weeks. But instead you can say, it's a two-week job, but I'm doing this and this. So I'm going to spread this timeline out over four weeks. And that comes right into Jesse's As early as possible in the project, understand the client's expectations for timelines, deliverables, and costs. And that is going to go in both directions. Also, your expectations of timelines, deliverables, and costs. So as early as possible, that's a nice part of this. It's not in the middle of the project or changing the timeline halfway through. It's the beginning of the project, these three things key. Yeah. Right. This and, is, and these are the simple yeah. things.
0: Yeah. Don't, don't afraid to ask your client, uh, a question, like for example, maybe for example, I am new Webflow developer. I don't know how to use a specific platform and, uh, you might uh, after you know reading the scope of project you are having a feeling that i might have to use that platform so you don't really have to be afraid or shame that you know what if i ask them a question that i should be aware of uh maybe you know so it's not going to be you know don't feel that you are asking a silly question just ask it be clear okay hey are you going to use zapier in this because i don't have a lot of experience with it so are you going to use these 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 platforms make a clear list of, you know, tools that, that is needed for the project. So that, that also comes to expectation, you know, what they are really, uh, and again, you know, it, it defines the whole, uh, scope of project. So it's at the end, it's really helpful.
1: And keep in mind that this is not easy. Ask as many questions yeah. as possible to ensure that both client and you are on the same page. This is not easy in a sense that if you're not experienced, you may not know the right questions to ask. Knowing the right questions to ask comes with experience. It comes with years of experience working in similar projects. And we can't go through and say the official list of all the questions you have to ask for a project because every project's different. Maybe it integrates with a certain platform. Or maybe it requires some special thing that you have to ask a bunch of questions about. So you may not be asking the right questions right now if you are in Webflow development. So you have to really think to yourself, what are all the questions I need to know before the project starts, rather than asking them throughout the project? And these are things that can influence the timeline the deliverables, the um, everything. I think even Magdalena's next one is about this. The scope, the timeline, the cost, These all these things can be influenced greatly from this. So you have to get better at answering the questions, even as a pro. Harshit, do you agree with this, that that question asking, it's important and it's challenging?
0: Yeah, I completely agree with this. Uh, and I also agree with the point that you have to have certain level of experience in order to ask them uh, ask those questions so i think uh, to to get to that level i think the good way to do that is to uh, you know avoid taking projects that you are not confident about like you are thinking that okay this is too much out of my scope i don't have really you know i have not learned the platform yet so say no to that project i would suggest that uh, and uh, you know what you can do is after they have already shared the scope with you right so what you can do is you can search about how to make that particular platform do your own research and next time when you will get that project or similar project you will have those questions ready with you hey do you want to integrate this platform do you want to integrate these two platforms together so i think yeah that that would be the way to get that experience we are talking about
1: let's bring up a comment from kai this is a great one. If there are things in the project scope that you need help with, don't leave this until the end of the project. So this to me says, you may ask the right questions. You may know what is supposed to happen, but you may delay doing one of those tasks because you don't like it, or you don't know how to do it, or you have to outsource it. So you you kind of procrastinate. You hold back the act of doing it because you just don't want to do it and you leave it to the end of the project, you knew about it, but now it's the end of project and it's not done. So Harshit, be honest, has has this ever happened to you? It's happened to me.
0: Yeah, it, it has also happened with me and it, it was about JavaScript, of course. So uh, the problem with, you know, when we don't know a lot of JavaScript, uh, we have to get someone to do that, right? and uh, this happened with me when i was working as a freelancer you know because i wa- i knew a lot of javascript developers so generally i used to say okay yeah this can be done and uh, we start the project right and i i i don't just contact javascript developer right away i take a few days and then i realize that oh i we need more time to do this task so this was something that i also experienced uh I think it's really important, you know, if if you, if you, for example, if you want to, if you need help of an Airtable expert, I think when you have the scope of project before even starting it, reach out to them, present them the scope and uh, see what's possible and what's, what not. So it's really important to follow this step. Yeah.
1: Totally agree. Let's look at Aditya's quote here. Don't over promise timelines. Simple. I love it. It's so true. Sometimes you hear the task and you can imagine doing the task in your head. And you say, this won't take more than a day. So you say to the client, it'll be done today or it will be done tomorrow. Give yourself a day of buffer. But you don't take into account the unexpected client email that makes you do something else urgently. Or you don't expect that Uh, you need to take your daughter out to soccer practice, whatever you, you just, you have some unexpected thing come up and now you can't do it. And that could be unexpected inside the actual task. Maybe you thought that you could set up the tabs in a certain way, but then when you set up that the tabs, it doesn't work. And now you're, you're just behind in that timeline. So, right from the beginning don't over promise on any timeline always give yourself double the time or more depending on the task harshit do you practice this
0: uh yeah definitely uh, i do practice this and uh, generally we also keep buffer time as you mentioned at least one week of buffer time is important and you know a lot of times we can be you know a lot of us can be driven by the money as well I have seen requests where there is big amount of task, and they will give you a good offer to complete it in short time. And technically, this might not be possible. I have seen clients where they will say like, hey, I need to get this thing done in three days. Uh, you have to stay w- awake all the day and uh, I'm going to pay you five to ten thousand, even, even more to do that. So don't fall on that net or, you know, what we would say, don't fall on that try to you know, stay away from those kind of requests. Just tell them, okay, this is minimum going to take one week or minimum going to take two weeks. Don't just over promise, over promise the timeline and uh, just uh, accept their, these type of requests. That is really important as well.
1: Totally agree. Let's go through yeah. the next few quotes on expectations so we can jump into honesty. So we won't talk through these, but we're just going to read them. Okay, understand, understand what the client wants before you do it. Don't just do it. Make sure you ask those questions. Understand the client's overall goal for the project. That's an interesting one. Sometimes we don't do this. Yeah. What are your goals? To edit the website, to scale the website, to never touch the website, to whatever. Understand overall what's happening. Get clients to show you examples of things they like for referencing or inspiration. I think this is so important when doing anything with motion or design, right? This semi inspiration, send me, send me a site that your site should kind of look like it should take this type of design style, this type of vibe and put it into your brand.
0: Hmm. Okay. And if they are struggling to find references, you can share them upfront. For example, recently we had a client where uh, they wanted to see a configurator. We shared them example of Tesla. Now they know, oh, I like this one. So we can go ahead with this type of configurator. So you can also share those kind of references from your side if your client is struggling.
1: It's a great way to communicate because communicating yeah. just vocally or just written for something that's so visual is dangerous. So, yeah, I, I see this as part of the written communication that we talked about earlier. Sharing these visual examples, that's written communication in a sense of visuals. Okay, and last one for expectations, wonderfully simple and beautiful, under promise and over deliver. We will take a second to talk about this one. You always want your delivery to go through and the client to look at it and say, wow, this is even better than I thought it was going to be. It's okay if you meet the expectation perfectly and everything is great. But when you exceed the expectation, this is when clients love you and clients don't want to work with anybody else except for you. And this happens by under-promising. <laughs> Harshit, talk about this one. Uh,
0: this one is really important. I see. Uh, I also see this as, you know, it also helps in growth of your brand or company. I am also going to cover that aspect here because when you are over-delivering, that is one of the most important thing to increase your prices. Uh, I have seen v- Vimlan from vi designs talking about this before as well where he mentioned that you know whenever you are taking a project over deliver it at least 10% so when you over deliver it you you actually get better on things you do and uh, and that's how you can also increase your prices over time if i took a 50 dollar project i am going to make it worth 70 dollars if i take 100 i am going to make it worth 150 dollars and over time it's going to also benefit your brand in terms of pricing. Uh, So, yeah, I think this is the key perk of following this under-promise and over-delivering point.
1: So important, so simple, but you need to be thinking about this in every delivery. Okay, let's bring up some comments, then we're going to get into my favorite part, the honesty section, which arguably is the most important one. So let's first bring up a comment from Zach, which really transitions beautifully into this section. If a client loses confidence in the project management, they will often become the manager themselves. And that's one of the worst positions to be in for both sides. So true, so, so true. When the client starts to take a little bit too much control because they don't trust that you're doing the right thing. Danger. And then Zach follows up, trust can be lost very quickly, much more difficult to regain trust. Set proper expectations. And this goes really nice into honesty. This section was created because people had comments like this. This is how you avoid what Zach just explained, that you can lose trust and the client starts managing the project themselves. First, Daniel Cobb, don't bullshit clients. If you can't do something, tell them you can't do it. Don't lie about it. Give them an honest answer and tell them you will find the answer. Beautiful, Harshit. What What are the dangers of telling somebody that you can do something when you can't do it?
0: The danger uh, The danger is that you will not be able to deliver it. And uh,
1: <laughs> a lot of yeah.
0: times, you will take the money. You have take took the deposit. Uh, Generally, a lot of people take 50% deposit right before the project, you have already taken the uh, deposit. And there might be a chance that the thing that you are trying to build is not even possible with the current resources that you have. So eventually, you will have to go to the client and say, Okay, this is not possible. And I need to refund your money that hinders your brand that hinders the client experience and the client is now going to talk with other people as well and and if if they are like uh you know twitter people they might also post about you so mm-hmm. so this is really important just don't take any project that you cannot do that can uh, damage the brand a lot yeah
1: and it makes you look like an idiot i hate exactly. to say it like that but it's so true There is nothing worse than being on a call saying you can do something and then a client asks something specific about that process and you're standing there with no answer and you clearly cannot do it. I've seen this inside FinSuite. I've seen it externally. And when I say inside FinSuite, I'm talking about myself early on. Right? It's really easy to say that you can do something just to get the project, right? Sometimes you're a little desperate and you need the project. So just in the heat of the moment, you say, yeah, I can do this. Just thinking, yeah, I'll be able to figure it out. But I'll be able to figure it out is not the same thing as I can do it. So yeah, this is, I, I did, I used to do it early in the career. And I think maybe a year or a year and a half in, I realized this. So this was not something that I realized right away. Um, And it's not like I was, I wasn't conning people. I wasn't like not delivering. I would figure it out, but it's not as honest and clear when you just tell them right up front, I can't do it, but I have a bunch of resources that I think can do it. Let me follow up tomorrow and give you a full answer about how we can approach this topic. That's what you need to say. That's the money answer right there. Not oh yeah, I can do it and then not really follow up about it for three months. So yeah, you it's it's important. Harshit, anything more to say about this this quote here?
0: So uh, I think we covered everything, but uh, based on my personal experience I used to do this uh, when I was working on Fiverr and <laughs> generally, you know, on on, on that time there's a tendency that we want to take project. It can be anything, right? If I don't know how to do this, I will take this. A lot of times you will learn and do things, but this step is really risky. A lot of times you will have to disappoint your client. So uh, it's better you don't practice this. Definitely.
1: Let's hit one from Jesse. This is now during the project. When bugs or unknowns arise, share these with the client as early as possible and come in with a proposed solution at hand. So shit, we, we have seven minutes left. We're going to go through the next few fairly quickly. But tell me about this one. During the project, bugs, are you hiding them or are you being upfront about them?
0: No, we have to uh, be upfront about them. Uh, the biggest reason is that a lot of people depends on the business the client is doing. For example, if uh, they are having login system, they want to access their portal, they have 1000 customer. Now because of a bug, those 1000 people will have to suffer. And if you don't bring this up to the client, they will not be aware of why this is happening. So it's really important if there is a downtime or if there is a bug, inform your client so that they can inform those 1000 people and uh, it doesn't affect their website. So I think yeah. in, in that in this perspective is really important. Uh, not only about the client, but clients, clients. Yeah. Clients, client, I would say, who is going to ultimately visit the website. It, it, is, it also affects them. Yeah.
1: It comes with honesty, right? It's really easy to yeah. not say something and just hope nobody finds it. But when you say something and you go and fix it, that builds trust and it builds honesty and it builds long-term relationships. Important
0: definitely a lot of times client will also yeah please go ahead
1: be honest and never hide anything from the client or shit what were you going to say go for it
0: yeah uh, i was saying that a lot of times client will do certain mistakes and then the bug will happen and they might not notice that they have done something wrong Mm. in that case as, as well it's your duty to inform that that, hey, something is wrong with the website. If you have looked into this, just make a solution, fix it, and inform that there was this problem, I have fixed it, or this is the solution. So please don't publish the website or any steps that they need to take care of. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Let's keep going with Aditya. Be honest about what things are in your control and what deliverables you are that are not under your control. Like JavaScript work. So being clear that you're not doing certain things. This is a JavaScript task and I can just deliver it and make it look like I wrote the JavaScript. Or I can say, hey, we have a JavaScript developer who's taking care of this. This is just being transparent, not not making it seem like you're doing something that you're not doing. So Harshit, I'm sure you do this as well. We have a whole JavaScript team that works on stuff and, and we make it very clear I'm doing this, this person's doing this, this person's doing this. It doesn't feel like this hidden source of of Mm. deliveries.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it also then again comes to uh, defining the role of people in the very beginning so that they also know what you do and what other people do in the team. Uh, And when meeting client, you can be transparent about, hey, uh, I'm not sure about if this thing is possible we have JavaScript, uh, JavaScript experts and we have a tech team that can answer this more efficiently. Maybe we can set up a call with them or we can uh, introduce them to the same channel so you can have a direct talk with them. So this is how you can do it.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Clarity, transparency. Again, Kai, with the just the beautiful simplicity here. Be honest, simple, but very effective. Kai has so much experience in this industry and in this field of web, of of tech. And yeah, to hear him say this, that's when I said, of course, we need a, a category on honesty. This is, it's a key. It's just a true key to the project. So like I said in the beginning, there are some overly simple things in this episode. But when you think about these simple things from the perspective of somebody advanced, this is when you can really understand them and actually use these simple things effectively in your life. So really nice, Kai. And that's it. Yeah. That's the end of, I think, really good timing here. We have three minutes. So let's first thank everybody for being here we hit almost 90 today we have a really cool new 100 alert so we're waiting for 100 to come we almost got it we hope to get it this week later or next week Uh, but please i really appreciate you coming and every time you show up it really really makes us feel good so thank you if you did not already like this video please give it a thumbs up that's going to help people uh, or help YouTube send this to other people. So give that a thumbs up if you took something of value. If you did take something of value, I really want you to use it this week. Try something new with project management. Reach out more, be more clear, be more transparent. Tell something to the client that you've kind of been holding back for a few weeks. Just do it. It's It feels better, and it's what the pros do, right? I didn't know this until I became a pro, and it's true the pros follow these transparency tips. Oh my gosh, 98 we got up to. Gabe, watch be on the lookout. We need to hit this animation here. Okay. Uh 1 minute, this is going to be a tight one. Thursday we have community day with Briona. Nickel, and I will get the pronunciation of that correct on Thursday. Briona really Happy to see you succeeding in the community. And we want to talk about that on Thursday. So come hang out with Briona and hear her story. And then on Friday, we have our new build day, 9 a.m. Eastern. We're going to share the new Twitter account in the chat here. We have a Twitter account that's going to be only for live events. And on Friday, we're live with Alex Iglesias to talk about Finsuite JavaScript development tools. So if you have any interest in JavaScript or technical, you absolutely must be here. It's going to be an incredibly valuable lesson from Alex. Harshit, thank you for being live on this wonderful day of Finsuite Live talking about project management and any final words to everybody listening. Thank you so much, Joe. I am still learning
0: to be on live. So thank you so much everyone for watching the live stream. Uh, I would just say that uh, if you are not following, like important points that we are ta- we we have talked about, just take a week to define a process for yourself for your own company. Maybe list down a process of communication, uh, onboarding your client, uh, communication during the project, before the project, and after delivery. When you will have a process, it will make your work much easier and much more efficient. So take maybe take a week or three days build a solid process for yourself, for your own brand. And it's really going to help you uh, grow ultimately. Yeah.
1: Love it. That's your pro level homework. Go do it. You're going to be a better project manager. You're going to be better in this industry. Rewatch this episode if you want more of this and see you on Thursday. Thank you everybody and have a great rest of the day.